Thank you for joining us for today's uh, SMA Legends podcast. Uh, with us today, we have the pleasure of having Edwin Woods. He is with uh, Precision Wood Stairs out of uh, Central New York, the Syracuse, New York area. Um, Edwin has been on the SMA board, uh, I believe served as treasurer for quite a few years. And uh, Edwin, um, you can expound on that and as we dig further into uh, our interview here. But thank, thank you so much for joining us today, and I look forward to having what you have to share with us. Hey, Dylan, uh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. I find myself uh, uh, not deserving to be on your list of legends here. <laughs> I've uh, looked at all these names, and they're all people that I have really, really looked up to but uh, it's a pleasure to be here talking to you about my stair career. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Could, could we, uh, I guess, start out with, uh, you know, how you got your start in the stair world, stair business. And, uh, and we'll, I guess we'll begin there. Yeah. I uh, have always been self-employed since college and I was uh, in a little craft business and I'm, you know, asking the lumber yard, you know, do you know anything I could do? 74-year-old man that's building stairs, and he needs some help. So I, I met him. I worked with him until he turned 78, and then I left and started my own company. So uh, I just couldn't work with my grandfather anymore kind of figure. And uh, he was he's the guy that taught me and introduced me to stairs and, you know, to hand route a stringer, to return a tread, to set a newel post, and kind of figure out the geometry of how a stair goes together. Awesome. So you, you basically worked for him, what, four years? Then went on your own? Four to five oh. years, yep. And then my, my dad retired. Or no, my dad lost his job. He was in the, in the mid-80s uh, corporate downsizing. And then he joined and worked with me. So it was a little bit odd that my father joined my company versus me joining his company. And him and I worked together for 12 years building stairs together. Just and the then I hired him, and then I've been, you know, on my own just as precision wood stairs for quite some time. All right, cool. What kind of stairs did you build originally with uh, with uh, the old timer there? Was it uh, pretty he, exotic stairs? It, he had, I'm an advocate of site built construction, so he's it was a you know basic straight stairs. He introduced me to you know closed and open stairs, obviously, and then uh, he introduced me to curve stairs and, and, you know, experimenting with bending and laminating without a vacuum bag in the beginning, just lots of clamps, curved rails and stringers and, you know, got, you know, opened my eyes to how to begin to manufacture, deconstruct and construct a curve stair. So I know you get into some very, uh, complex, very involved, uh, extravagant stair projects. How did you end up going from those simple basic stairs to what you do today? I just have always uh, been the guy to take the challenging stair or be the one that gets called. I'm typically the more expensive guy in town and uh, in getting, you know, more of the high-end, unusual, highly engineered stairs. I just, I found that niche. I never really went down the production road and doing really simple basic stairs. 
I've always been attracted to the more unusual with, you know, glass or steel or metal components, self-support, curved, you know, really unusual, you know, projects. And uh, I've been, uh, you know, I guess one of my, uh, you asked me and some of these lists with my biggest regrets is uh, that I live in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> the Syracuse Central New York market, you know, we have a few affluent areas, but it's just not really, there's not a lot of high-end stair work here. I mean, there's, I, I do, you know, mostly all of it, but it, there's not, it's not, you know, growing in leaps and bounds. Our, my market is very limited. To be, uh, you know, in a, the greater New York area, Atlanta area, LA area, you know, larger metropolitan areas where there's, you know, Chicago, where there's just, there's large, more opportunity and more wealth and more, you know, opportunities to build high-end custom homes. The central New York market is is limited in that. But, but we, you, before we get too far, I, I want to, uh, you know, jump to the end of the story is that as of December 31st, I've closed my stair company. Really? Yes. I had no idea. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, wow. Start a little backwards and then go to the beginning. But I've, uh, <laughs> I've been, uh, uh, I don't want to dwell on this too often, but three years ago, I lost my wife uh, of 20 years. She died you know, unexpectedly in like 20 days. She went to the hospital and then passed. And I've been a, a single guy for a while. And uh, I've met uh, a, a woman my age. Uh, she's a high school band director and a professional trumpet player and a, a band conductor. She has a 95-piece band that she conducts. But we've fallen madly in love and she doesn't live here. <laughs> so I've uh, made the decision to close my company and to move to, um, she lives in Albany, New York, moved to Albany and uh, reinvent myself in the stair world industry. So I'm wow. we're right in the middle of it. I'm very excited about, you know, changing what I do and how I do it. And uh, you caught me at a really good time to uh, discuss, you know, uh, my career and, you know, how it went and then where it might go. This is, this is great. <laughs> and you truly look excited. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Probably the most important thing that I'm excited about is I have zero employees right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, been self-employed and had employees for 30 years and I'm just feeling great today. It's, uh, it's done. And, uh, I'm uh, a one man band. I'm, uh, my company is closed and I'm currently, you know, taking on jobs that, you know, didn't get finished. And I'm, I'm the, I do everything now, which I'm enjoying. I'm in the shop. I'm in, uh, in installing, I'm you know, designing, measuring still. The phone is ringing off the hook and all of my clients are trying to figure out, Ed, what are we going to do without you in town? <laughs> so we're you know, talking and negotiating with other guys that might take over my space, but I, I'm still going to be heavily involved in the measuring, design, and uh, 
creating what the project is going to be. And uh, evidently, that is the part you enjoy the most. Is that's the, the design. part I enjoy the most. I mean, that's yeah. that's really what I've become an expert in. Is that I'm really good at, you know, measuring a site and figuring out what it goes in. You know, what what needs to go in, and then uh, you know, self-taught AutoCAD, you know, two D drawing, and getting. Uh, creating parts lists and then figuring out how to make the parts, uh, especially curve things. I've, you know, learned and done really well in vacuum bagging and uh, making all kinds of jigs and forms and that kind of stuff and really perfected that. And then discovering five access CNC for making rails that has really, you know, turned, you know, curve stair making for the, you know, I, I say I'm an amateur, but, you know, self-taught professional, is the is the way to uh you know the the five axis rails is the way to go open the box and bolt it together and it fits on the stair perfect <laughs> i mean it's it's really has to me has transformed the way to do a curved stair now mm -hmm. <clears throat> the rail has been so difficult it just avoids all spring back it avoids everything <clears throat> sure. so uh but i i am going to still participate all of my clients and customers in the Syracuse Central New York area are, you know, all like Ed, you know, you can't just leave us hanging here. So we've, uh, are partnering with a, uh, a mill workshop that's, that is going to make, you know, the stair kits and the parts for me. And then there's, uh, another, uh, installation company that, you know, is going to, we're either going to sell a stair kit. We're a heavily, you know, site built kind of trim carpenter, you know, dominated area here there's not a lot a lot of pre-assembled stairs built they're all site built built in place you know a perfect fit to the building and that's the market you know i've kind of grew up with and learned about i've always uh kind of led that to believe the porter cable company used to manufacture those uh, cast iron Porter cable stair templates here in Syracuse. <laughs> so I kind of always figured that the, I'm a, I'm a, you know, first and only stair builder. I, the, my other little kind of joke is, you know, you ask me to hang a door and I'll stand there, scratch my head. And it'll take me all day to hang a door, but you know, stairs, like I do in my sleep. It's just so easy. Um, I know you were instrumental in us uh, using vacuum bagging for bending our product. You, we were getting very discouraged. You gave us some pointers, kind of took us over the hump. Now we would cry to do without. Right. Um, how did you learn some of those tricks of the trade? Could you speak into that a little bit? I heard about it and I, and I you know, decided just to buy a compressor and a bag and just experiment with it. And, uh, you know, trying uh, in the form, back in bagging and out of the form, you know, you know, the form is in the bag or out of the bag, you know, experimenting with different techniques. And uh, my other little trade secret is to put a little valve on the bag and put a partial vacuum. That is the way to do it. You, you put the, the, the piece or the stringer, you know, where, where we're all installing stringers or curved apron is uh, lay it flat and seal the bag and put a partial vacuum on it. So it all bends flat. And then you go press it onto your form and clamp the ends. And that partial vacuum really completely makes a difference, gets all the uh, uh, ripples and bubbles out of any veneer that's on it. And it really, 
it lets it allows the veneer to fold, you know, to spread out mm -hmm. or layers of uh, bending Luan or whatever you're using. But that's that's the secret that I've discovered. I know that was one of the things that was very helpful to us, kind of a turning point. That you mentioned the broom to press the air out initially, I think. Yes. yes. Um, that and the whatever you call it, the screen or film to let the air yes. flow through there. There's a mesh on the end so the air mm -hmm. can get out. It just needs to be at the end where it's on an edge of the stringer. It doesn't need to be on the, you know, the whole thing. But uh, the partial, so, yeah. But, but you learned that on your own, basically. I just, I, 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 it was really kind of before, you know, YouTube videos. It was just, I, I, I just experimented with it. And then the other thing that I, you know, I always decided that gravity should be my friend. And I build a wreathing cage is that I've, my, uh, my CNC or, you know, uh, ability has been a, a three foot wide roll plotter <laughs> that I plot things out full scale. And I take, uh, the curve that we're making and put it on two sheets of plywood and stand it up and then build a wreathing cage around, you know, in between the plywood, you know, each, each plywood has the curved plate on it. And then you take two by fours or two by sixes and actually build the curved wall that you're going to bend it on. And then, and then I, you know, bend all of my, my, my stringers, you know, over the top of this curved uh, wreathing cage. And so it, it, I don't, I'm not standing things up in the air and I'm not, mm -hmm. and I can lay out all my, all the two by fours or all the cross beams are parallel to the riser. So you can see if the thing is, is, you know, crooked on the, on the cage and, and you're, and you're letting gravity do the work. The stringer just lays on this curved wall. And uh, I first started trying to build, you know, walls up in place, but then you're on ladders and you're trying to do mm -hmm. all this work and it's hard to get up there and it's hard to adjust the pitch and, it, it just something that came to me one day and it was, it was, you know, completely transformed bending any curves because mm -hmm. you can, you know, bend, you can have two or three things on there at once. And, and I just lay out all my radiuses on these curved plates on print them full scale, tape them on the plywood. <laughs> and then I can just recreate each wall in the same floor space. You know, it's a 16 by, you know, eight or 10 foot floor space. And, uh, that's how I've done it. And it's been very successful. Awesome. You no, know, I still, there's still a lot of argument on whether you route the stringer first or route the stringer after it's glued. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a route after it's glued guy and kind of build a curved template, but. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Any, uh, any other things you, you learned that way? Cause that seems to be a common theme amongst stair builders is they learned it on the fly. They just. Yeah. It's, tried, I, experimented. Have, I have really been, you know, I learned, I was introduced to the trade, but I've always been kind of an, an engineer craftsman guy to just try to figure out how to make something. I mean, I really enjoy making a jig or a template and, you know, spend the time to, you know, reverse engineer. What is the, how am I going to bend or cut or make this part? And it's just been experiment and experimentation. Okay. I mean, probably one of the things that, uh, that is, prohibited me in, in expanding is that it's really hard to do that in a production wise. Mm -hmm. And I just, can't, I can't do the volume. I can't keep it up. And then dealing, I, I just experimented awesome. with the vacuum bag and try to figure out ways. And the other, the other to me is, uh, is discovering this, I call it eighth inch bending Luan or eighth inch Italian plywood. You can get, you know, buy it in a 
four foot column or an eight foot column, you know, it always comes the wrong way, but (laughs) 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 is, uh, is that, you know, finding that was, was just critical. It comes in three eighths or eighth inch and, you know, stacking that up to get the thicknesses that you need, you know, seven layers is three quarters. And uh, that made a huge difference. And then, and, and the other trick is you're always trying to add a, uh, a stiff layer in the pack that bends, but helps it, you know, not be, you know, uh, floppy. There's something in there. And, and then also to uh, have it be way longer than you need because the ends are never curved. They always, there's a two or three stanchions or bars after the lamination. You're always making way more than you need and then cutting it off because it never is perfectly curved. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, trying to laminate, you know, anything over eight feet is always the next challenge and how to get, you know, (laughs) bending material that's longer than eight feet. But, you know, larger radiuses, it's easier to do it in solid wood, smaller radiuses, you got to do it in thinner wood and veneer. You know, it's, it's, it's experimenting and trying to get it just right. I mean, you usually make more than one part after, you know, as you, as you do it. (laughs) Experience, right? Yes. Uh, so, um, who who has been the who has been the greatest positive influence in your career as a stair builder? I'm going to say my dad. I, I I got an opportunity to work with him. You know, as an equal. You know, I did not join his company, and you know, was taking over what he did or under his shadow. He he joined me, and we were kind of equals, and we were we just had a a, a great time trying to figure out how to build a stair, how to build a a better, you know, stair routing system, you know, how to return a tread, you know, quickly and fast. I mean, just, we just kind of, this is our challenge and we got to teach an employee how to do it. And, you know, my father and I were just, uh, you know, did it together. And and, uh, that's probably the person that's mostly influenced me, my father. Uh, what has been your greatest challenge in your career as a stair, stair builder? Uh, I have, I'm going to turn that into a, my, a little bit of a regret. One of my regrets is I've, I've, I call myself a gypsy woodworker. I've never owned a building. I've never had a, a permanent wood shop. I've always uh, rented or leased every three, five, seven years. I'm changing and moving into a new location and uh, I've uh, so I've never really had a permanent shop to really buy larger equipment and to you know to really invest in a building and a process. It's that's it's always haunted me. And now here at the end, I've you know closed my company, and you know I there's no there's no real company to sell and pass on. There's no building. It's just kind of a a soft fade out of the industry here. <laughs> Because the so, company is you, basically. The company is me. Yeah. And the, my other, uh, the other thing, I, I wish I had the picture in front of me. We, we did a company photo one time. Of, there were seven of us in a company you know, standing behind a, a pre-assembled stair. And one of my employees photoshopped my face on all seven bodies. <laughs> so I had the sign in my office <laughs> that the perfect company was me. I cloned myself you know, six times. <laughs> And everyone would come in and look at it and like, Ed, you got a lot of brothers or what's going on here? You all look the same. But uh, it's, it's, 
you know, you know, not I'm, I'm maybe a hard guy to work for, but I'm, uh, uh, it's, it's finding the right people that are talented to help me do the stair building. And, uh, I've, you know, I'm an advocate. You want the job done, you know, do it yourself kind of guy. And, uh, you know, you, you, you give a lot of verbal and written instructions and you come in the shop and they just don't do it right. And you know, they're wasted time or they took three times longer that my frustration is just finding good talent and, uh, you know, really teaching them. And in the, you know, our area there's, and I'm sure it's, there's not too many young, you know, skilled woodworkers, carpenters you know the the average age is all over 50 now and there's there's it's harder to find the young person that really is interested in doing this you know hands-on skilled work so i think that's probably across the board for everyone's company that's uh, hard to find someone that really wants to learn stair building and and to uh, become a craftsman that seems to be a common problem throughout every the stair industry in general everybody i talk to so if you do need to find that person could you give us a little advice on where do you look or or how do you go about developing that person or could you speak into that a little bit i've in the past have i mean i i have my uh, first employee has been with me for 21 years you know my dad and i and you know i've had this one guy for 21 years and i found him in a music store building guitars so you know it was just you know do you do you want a job and i i you know and then taught him how to be a stair builder and he's uh you know the the, the kind of the joke is is that people have asked them to build him a stair. And he says, I, I don't know how to do it. Ed hands me a stair kit and I put it together. I know nothing about how it gets from the beginning to this middle. I can take it from the middle and install it all day long. But uh, I, I think it's just, you know, finding someone and investing time in them. I mean, and it, it's, it, it takes a long time. I mean, now, you know, from, you know, not knowing anything about stairs to now I just send them out with an instruction sheet and I don't even have to go look at the job. It's, you know, it's just completely done and done right. A few phone calls with some issues and, you know, it's just, it's a done deal. So what was it about that guy that you saw that day that made you decide to offer him a job? You saw something in that person. I, I, he was very excited about his guitars and about, you know, working with wood and that, that was, you know, working with his hands and creating something. I've always, I always tell my employees at the end of each job, you know, your job satisfaction is to turn around and look at what you did today. (laughs) Yeah. Because not many people can actually say, you know, I made this. And I put this together and I solve that problem or there's this tricky newel or this tricky rail intersection or something. And to really part of your part of a job, you know, benefit is to turn around and look at what you did. And, and I sense that he was, you know, the, the kind of person that was really proud of something that they built or made. And uh, ultimately he, he digressed to that because he doesn't like dealing with the customers, <laughs> you know, and the other thing that evolved with him is that Ed, I've trained like 20 people and there's nobody here. <laughs> so 
do training anymore. So that was a, when he said that to me, that was, that was a big threshold for me that, that, that probably that day is when my company started, stopped growing because, uh, you know, he, you know, there's always the new guy and he, and I can't do it all. And he would be training people. And then he just, you know, one day said to me, Ed, I, I, I don't want to do that anymore. So okay. that was, that was uh, very enlightening to me that, uh, you know, who's going to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, so one point we had three installation crews. So there's three lead carpenter, you know, three lead installers and three, you know, you know, number, you know, the new guy or, you know, the, the junior or the, the B team, whatever you want to call them that is learning and helping and assisting. And, uh, it just, you know, we ended, I ended just with one truck with one guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you mentioned, uh, how that guy got, did not like uh, dealing with the uh, customers, clients. Yeah. Evidently you do. Because yeah. that is a crucial part of the design process is getting into the minds and the heads of the clients to figure Absolutely. out what they like. So what you, you evidently enjoy that. Could you talk about that? It's uh, well, in the past it was having a showroom and having a bag of balusters and a bag of handrail ends. And I used to make cardboard samples, a uh, little squares, cardboard squares of newels you know, box newels so you could spring them into the job site and you could show them what a, you know, four inch box newel and a six inch box newel and an eight inch box newel. No, it's just made out of cardboard, but just to give them a scale is, uh, you know, but I found that you have to do, I, you know, it's best to do it on site with the customer in the space that they're stairs because people just can't visualize 3D like we all can and uh, you know, walk them through it. And uh, now it's morphed to, there's so many photos of stairs on the internet. There's just so many with house and just so many pictures out there is now it's just like, uh, show me what you want <laughs> and I'll make your stair look like that. I mean, that's what it's evolved to, but it's just, I mean, it's, it, it's my simple formula. There's only six, there's only six choices. You know, tread riser stringer, newel rail baluster, you know, we'll start with tread riser stringer and, you know, the tread's the same color as the floor typically and the riser stringer is the same color as the trim and, uh, you know, newel rail baluster, you know, what, what are you thinking or what style are you looking at? What are you trying to achieve here? And uh, walking them through and just teaching them about each of the components and how they're related and it just... Uh, what i do yeah awesome oh <laughs> uh, what advice my other, my other little favorite phrase is that uh you know the 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 spindles on a chair and <laughs> and the pickets on a fence but the baluster goes on <laughs> <a stair. laughs> yeah you may cause some conflict depending which part of the country you're in there yeah <laughs> uh. What advice would you offer someone starting out in the stair world or uh, considering, you know, going into the stair business? Wow. I've, uh, you know, to uh, live up to what you promise is, uh, you know, being open and honest with your customers about, you know, how, what you can deliver, when you can deliver and what you can do and being in constant communication with them 
is, uh, you know, that I spend more time, you know, on the phone talking and drawing than I do, you know, stair building and being a woodworker for sure is, uh, I, uh, I think there's room for growth for new stair companies. You know, I mean, there's uh, opportunities to, you know, build a better mousetrap, I guess. I think that, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is the wave of other, you know, you know, industries where only the larger companies are going to be, you know, surviving. And, uh, but we, uh, I, I, I would encourage someone to learn stair building and try to figure it out on their own and, uh, or, you know, join the SMA and come to meetings and uh, conferences and, uh, you know, talk to other stair experts and just hear about what we're doing and how it's going. That, that, that's a, you know, I've, I've learned so much just going to some of the, the conferences and just talking to different stair, stair guys and gals and uh, hearing about what they do and how they do it. And the other, you know, really huge thing for me was uh, when we did the shop visits. What was it? What was that called? The shop tours. The shop tours. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, to, you know, I, I was I was very uh, grateful to have certain guys open up their building, you know, to you know other stair builders and possibly competitors, just to see what uh, how other people do it. I mean, how does how does another guy? cut a cove return and how does a guy glue a tread on a return on the end of a tread? I mean, just, you know, there's like, wow, I mean, I do it this way and, you know, to learn about how to do it another way is or, or to even know that there's a piece of equipment available that to purchase that you could do it a different way. I mean, it's just, it's uh, that to me had really opened my eyes. If I, you know, were to go down the road of, you know, buying a building and really, you know, developing a long-term stair business, I would have, you know, you know, done more research like that, mm -hmm. you know, to visit other shops and try to figure out what I want to do. Um, kind of related to that, maybe the same question. Uh, what advice would you give your younger self starting out before you started out? Yeah, I, I would have invested in a building and, and had a permanent stair building shop uh, a long time ago. My dad and I were, you know, we started out in a garage, you know, and two guys in a truck. And we, were, we, we even were routing, we did everything on site. We were routing stringers, returning treads, you know, doing everything. You know, the, the, the stair model was right in front of you and you couldn't make a mistake because you could just go over there with a tape measure and measure it. And, uh, and then we just evolved into that. And then, uh, you know, we, you know, you get one employee, two employees, and all of a sudden you need a place to go to, then you need a shop and we'll rent a place and it just evolved. But I, I, I would, would, would like to invest in some dirt and have a, a real physical plant to, uh, to, you know, grow and to work with. That's one of my regrets. The other one is, uh, I, uh, I struggled with, staying just in my local market, you know, you, you're over an hour away drive, it just gets a little bit more complicated to confirm that measurement. And so I think the stair industry does well when you're in a smaller market or a smaller area, you know, your hometown or 100 mile radius. But I've, I've always been in, intrigued by some of, you know, your company included, 
is that you're, you're building stairs all around the country and you figured out a way to, you know, get that measurement and, you know, come up with a system to be there once and figure it out. And I, uh, I probably would have put on a, a, a wider field of vision and my younger self and thought that I could have, you know, accomplished a lot more than what I just did in my hometown. You know, there's, there's pros and cons, there's, you know, both ways, but it's, uh, that's, that's probably another one of my regrets is to, you know, thinking too small and that I could have done, you know, a bigger, a bigger head, a bigger market. Yeah. And we could probably debate that all day, whether it's good to <laughs> travel because it has its issues. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just <laughs> finished. I've had in the last three years, I've had my three, you know, two biggest jobs ever. And I just finished one. It's uh, and uh, shout out to Bob King. Uh, he helped me on my all my, you know, curved five axis work. I couldn't have done it without Bob. But uh, just a huge big job. It was two hours away, and it, you know it killed us to uh, be driving back and forth. You know, you're just on that threshold where you're gonna are you gonna spend the night or you're gonna drive home and four hours in the car every day. Oh, it just it's torture. <laughs> A lot of miles and gas on the vehicle, but, uh, or, you know, you're sitting in a hotel or, you know, at a restaurant every night, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard decision to make. It is very, very hard. Was, that was also, was a 24 riser stair. It was a site built monster and, uh, you know, five feet wide. It just, there was no way you could preassemble it. And, uh, so we, you know, we built it all on site piece by piece and, uh, but, you know, it's successful because you're out there, you know, uh, framing it for them, you know, and, and doing getting all the walls just right and being part of that early process to make sure the stair is going to fit. So most of your stair projects, you kind of uh, make the components in the shop, bend the stringers, yes. all that. Then you take them out and it's so it's kind it's like of a mix of a yeah. of a project. OK, site mm -hmm. built. Yes. Slash shop built. Okay. Yeah. All right. We, we you know, you pre-assemble box newels, you know, that kind of parts, all the treads are returned, you know, but you're, you're bringing into the, into the project, all the components, you know, carrying any piece by piece and then, you know, building it right to the structure. Perfect. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. What, uh, what do you see as the biggest challenge for the stair industry in the next decade or so? We don't have the granite countertop. <laughs> we don't have that buzzword. Our, 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 home, our homeowners are spending all their money on a stone facade outside, spending all their money on a roof, spending all their money on a master bathroom, <laughs> sauna, and then spend all their money on the kitchen and the granite or natural stone countertops. And then, uh, oh, there's a stair. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> we need to have, our industry needs to figure out a way to be more prominent in the customer's, you know, checklist of where they want to spend their money. And there needs to be more, you know, of course, there needs to be more, you know, center hall colonial designs. And I think the, the way our single level living is uh, for all these, you know, baby boomers at this point is you know, deterrent a little bit on our stair industry. Uh, 
I am not going down that road. I am retiring in a house that has a stair. <laughs> <laughs> I think it keeps you younger. And I think we need to promote more health benefits about walking stairs. Every sure. Day. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, I, I've always been frustrated. You know, we have the parade of homes in our town and there's all these open houses and the stairs just don't, you know, of course, a lot of time, every house has a kitchen but not every house has a, you know, a, a beautiful foyer stair, just the way it's designed. So it's not in every project. And, uh, and a lot of these, uh, you know, retirement, uh, single level living, they have a, a lower level stair or a basement stair. So all you see is the balcony on the first floor living space. And it just doesn't get the prominence as you do when you walk up to, you know, a beautiful stair and a foyer. And, uh, uh, but I, I, there's just, we, we need to get more, uh, you know, overall marketing in the industry to get that granite countertop status that, you know, you got to have a sweeping stair in your house. I, I, that's always been my frustration that the budget is at negative when the stair guy walks in. <laughs> at the end, yes. At the end. Yeah. We're, we're fighting with the painter the last crumbs <laughs> of the budget of the job because it's been forgotten. And it's yeah. the, biggest, the biggest curb appeal, interior curb appeal item probably in the house, other than maybe the kitchen. Yeah, okay. I mean, there are so many, you know, so many of my customers, they they're just have... Of course, we always we always wish for the thank the worker party where you can go back in and see your work completely finished. And uh, another one of my regrets is you real it's really hard to photograph a stair and to go back on the job and force yourself, you know, three six months later to get out there and take pictures. I have lots of photographs of construction stairs stairs under construction, but never that finished photo. And I'd really recommend that you make an effort in your company, all of us to get back and do some decent photography. And uh, even with your own cell phone now, you can really get some good pictures. That the, but uh, to invite yourself back in and take pictures of, the, of, of your product is... Uh, the more pictures we get out there, the more we can create that, potentially create that interest in stairways. Yes, yes. I think that's great advice. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, uh, but there's... Uh, you know, you know, a certain customers, you know, that I, mostly that I get involved with is they really appreciate the stair and really, and it's a prominent part of the architectural plan. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how to influence architects and homeowners to design a floor plan that has a prominent stair in it. I mean, you know, certain, sometimes it's a, a featured part of the center of the house and other times it's, you know, just something in the back corner that's kind of forgotten, you know. I, I, I'm, of course, I'm working in all the ones that are prominent and, uh, you know, I get to see these beautiful stairs and uh, it's just, you know, it's been a really joy to work and build them. Where do you see things getting better for the stair industry in the next decade or so? Well, one thing that I've, I've been watching is that the customers are willing to pay more for a high-end stair. So I had a, a, you know, we're working on a job now and, you know, it was, uh, his comment to me was, well, you know, 10 years ago, this stair was worth 20 and now today it's worth 40. I, I guess things have changed. Ed. 
is that there's, you know, I, I think you can charge what you're worth more today than you could before is that it was people just didn't think that the stairs were worth that kind of value or money. And uh, now I, I think the people are my, some of my customers are waking up to the fact that, you know, this is really complicated. This is, you know, an expensive project and you need to budget, you know, you know, more dollars for the stair allocation. So mm-hmm. I, I, uh, you know, they always talk about, you know, be afraid to raise your prices, but uh, I think there's still room to get more money for what our craft is more value. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of related to that, what, what issue, um, has become better for you personally, as your career progressed, what, what became better, easier for you? For me, it was, uh, you know, the confidence of figuring out the, how to design a stair is, is how to, how the, the relationship of everything works. You know, I've, I've done it so many times. It just, I, I, you know, I felt the confidence level of figuring, figuring out the project and how to put it together and how to, you know, make the parts that has improved and changed through experience. Um, the other, my other, I mean, another challenge that I've had, and I, I haven't solved it yet, but I'm determined to solve it, is how to draw a stair in 3D. <laughs> nice. I've, uh, the SMA has uh, some, has been promoting two, uh, well, there's two uh, vendors that are promoting their product, and I've tried both of them, not to mention any names, and it's just a, I've just been a, a 2D AutoCAD designer, and uh, trying to figure out how to do it. And uh, it's, uh, it's the auxiliary drawings that you need to help with some framing you know, concepts or where landings are going or what you're doing that you know, you, it's harder to pull off those 3D programs. And I find that uh, I, just, I, I just can't make them work. And, uh, or they, they, they work well on, on, on some, on, you know, 75% of the time are stairs that we get into, but, you know, some unusual intersections and curve situations that it's just hard to get the programs to, to do their thing. And I'm, uh, I w- I, I'm hoping that, the, that that will improve over time and those companies will be able to, you know, give us stair builders a more user-friendly interface to help, you know, help us build a 3D model. But, uh, there, I mean, the a 3D model definitely helps sell the job and to be able to have a customer spin and turn their stare and look at it in a little browser. And I'm, uh, I'm hoping that I still have some time in my career to learn how to do that and, uh, and be, be proficient at it to uh, assist other people in, in seeing what it looks like. And then, uh, I guess the next step is is sending uh, programming language to five axis machines to you know make parts. It seems those highly complex, extremely custom things that we sometimes get into with stairways is yes. still up up to a human to do. We don't have the technology quite right yet for that. So, but you know, be able to draw, read, fitting, and then give you know. Uh, uh, 
machining code to a you know a five axis or you know device is uh, I think the way of the future. I mean that's what I've I, uh, Nate at uh, King Stair was very proficient at that, and I, I couldn't have done my last big job without him and the ability to do that. To take a two D drawing, convert it to machine code, and then you know spit out a piece that you know just plugs in place. That's just you know utterly amazing. I think and and that that is the direction a lot of us need to go in, but it's a huge investment of having that operator and, you know, the, the you know, an expensive piece of equipment. What became more difficult for you as time went on later in your career? Probably just the schedule is just scheduling. <laughs> is uh, things took longer than you think, or the job's not ready, or the customers may changing their mind. I mean, it's just, uh, I've evolved into, you know, tell me what you want and I'll build it versus trying to figure out what you want and then I'll guess what you think you need. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, the scheduling and just, I mean, COVID, the last couple, you know, our last two years of all experience of that has really messed up everything. But I mean, that's, that's, you know, a whole nother conversation. That's, we're going to get through that and get behind it. And, uh, but it's, uh, and uh, I've noticed that more recently, jobs seem to be like going in slow motion. It just takes longer for these, you know, projects to develop and to, is it because of staffing shortages or indecision or, you know, or a combination of both. I'm, I'm just in awe how long jobs are taking, how long it takes to get to you know through a you know the different stages, and uh, it's just all drawn out. Have to schedule around that. Yeah. Um, could you share an experience that had a, a major impact on your life or your uh, stair builder career? A certain experience that had, you know, was a major had major impact on you. Well, I retired my dad. We worked together for twelve years, and that was, you know, now I'm, you know, on my own, so to speak. So that was kind of a, uh, I was uh, paying down a five year retirement note. So then I had, <laughs> and you're paying it to your father, so I, you know, I couldn't miss a payment. <laughs> so that was a. That was quite, that was an interesting experience to finally say that, hey, I'm on my own and I got to, you know, I've got to pay for this company. Um, I mean, the what probably got me on the track of, you know, this conversation of closing my company and doing this was, you know, the, the other was just, you know, the loss of my spouse. That was, that was a major event for me an unexpected, you know, two teenage daughters and just all of a sudden, you know, I, I am just looking at life totally differently. And what, what do I want to do? You know, I'm, I'm turning 60 this year. So I'm, you know, on that pre-retirement track, what, you know, what, what do I want to get out of life now versus, you know, just, you know, going to the shop every day and running in a, a an adult daycare. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, uh, I, 
other uh, there's pro I've, I've I've had a lot of great customers. I've never I've not really had a lot of you know customers that had any bad debt. I've had you know a lot of just I got I mean actually I got a call today that we put a stair in 12 years ago and the guy called me said the the builder is doing other work in the in this big house and he we put a compass in the landing. And he called me to say, Ed, they re-sanded the stairs out and the landing and the compass looks amazing. It looks like the day you put it in today, you know, you did it 12 years ago. And I was just like, oh, that was, it was so nice of him to call me and say, you know, your, your work's still looking great. And, uh, you know, we, we build a really solid, you know, squeak free, so to speak, stair. And uh, I never had any callbacks or any issues with any of my product ever going bad or ever having a problem with it ever. I mean, I just, I never get a call. I mean, I, I guess I could say that I have a lifetime warranty now because I, I just, you know, it, this is built in, <laughs> but I've, I've just, I've, I've had, I've had some really great jobs, you know, that are really challenging, you know, and uh, to be able to pull it off, you know, mostly in the self-support or, you know, arena where it's the, it looks like how is this thing being held up and you figured out a way to do it i've just been it's been very rewarding for me to you know to to, to work on some really complicated projects and getting some uh some uh just that job satisfaction that i made this awesome um um obviously you're very passionate about your job your business so you very likely spend a lot of time at work. How do you, or could you give some advice on balancing work and your family life, your home life? Or could you, we all experience that battle. Could you talk about that and your experience with it? Uh, in the past, it, 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 it has been, uh, you know, working way too much. But I did, I, you know, self-employed, I got to be a stay-at-home dad, you know, at the beginning, my wife was working and I, you know, could, and I, my shop at that time was really close to the, my home and I could, you know, do, do two things for that. So I, 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 I made uh, the sacrifice at work to do, you know, more stay-at-home dad things. But it's, you, you just got to say, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, having, I mean, I can't tell you how many times though, I've, you know, closed the CAD file at the office and then went home and had dinner, then opened it up at eight o'clock and drew for another two hours. I definitely am guilty of that to try to get something done because you had a deadline that day and it's still that day and you can send the email. But, uh, I, uh, it, that is a, that is a tough question because it, it's now that I'm kind of, uh, my kids are in college and I'm, uh, my fiance lives in Albany and I'm home alone. I find myself working just all the time. And, uh, but, uh, today I treated myself and, uh, there's a, I have a cross country ski track around my house and I said, the hell with it. I mean, it's a perfect sunny day. We got three inches of powder. I'm going late into work and I'm just going to do it. But I, as I was skiing, I said, you know, Ed, you can do this because there's no one at the shop <laughs> waiting for you because they're all gone. So it's it's definitely a challenge to uh, balance that. I I I I think you just have to 
just call it quits and try to set. I mean, I'm always, uh, I've always found myself that you set way too many goals for the day. I mean, you know, you're, you're optimistic that you're going to get all this stuff done. You know, you get your checkoff list of all the things that you're going to accomplish, the drawings, the sh pieces to be made in the shop, visiting the customers, you know, all these things that got, you know, going to get done today. And I find myself that I just got to turn down the optimism and, and not set so many goals for the, you know, the day or the week, because it's just, you just can't do it. So with uh, your career change coming up here, you'll probably have more control over that. I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, absolutely. I, and I'm, I'm feeling, you know, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to is not, I mean, I do have responsibilities in running a little company and getting things done. But I don't have the the responsibility of you know what is my staff doing today, and what you know what I'm just it's all in my head now, and uh, I'm really enjoying that, trying to you know juggle and manage my daily you know ritual. And if it doesn't get done, it's you know there's no it's it's still a consequence, but it's not as big as having a staff and employees that you're you know working with and for to help them, you know, move, move, move the company forward. So I've, I have been enjoying, it's been, you know, December 31st was our last day. And I have been enjoying, you know, these few first few weeks of, of January, just, I mean, I do have to sweep the floor myself. <laughs> the shop is a mess right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really bad, but uh, I'm, uh, Cause I just walk out the door at five o'clock and I don't sweep up and uh, cause I'm the only one there and I can live in that. But uh, it's, uh, it's been very, very uh, rewarding to not have the pressure of, you know, making sure that you're, I mean, I, at my optimum, I had 10 employees and you know, at the minimum I had, you know, just closed, I had four employees. So it's uh, it's, it's, there's a, there's a lot of work. And I'm, you know, it's a lot of work to keep those people busy and to make sure that everyone has things to do and, you know, moving forward and, you know, managing everyone's uh, job schedules. And I'm, I'm really happy to just have only one now. <laughs> nice. Just yourself, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, at, the, at the last SMA meeting, uh, a couple of us were sitting around, we were talking about some really stupid things we have done in the past we were we were saying if these young whippersnappers just knew how much you know some of the screw-ups we made we'd give them hope yeah. <laughs> can you can you think of an incident <laughs> that would, would give us yeah we'll all laugh about it but uh my, probably my biggest screw-up is always undervaluing my talent <laughs> As in someone says, well, you know, this, uh, you know, you just quoted this job all in Red Oak. Ed, how much would it cost to do it all in Cherry now? And you just kind of, well, I'm, uh, you know, just, you know, another couple, 500 bucks maybe. <laughs> and I undervalue really what it's worth. I, I have, I have lost more money not quoting it right because I'm just freehand throwing a number off the top of my head. It's really, uh, I would advise, I mean, I, I've always quoted my, I don't quote my jobs per riser. I quote my jobs per part. 
and uh, and then figure out what the value is of the part. And then there's a built-in markup and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're always trying to determine, you know, an installation time per part is to take the time and don't swag a number. I don't know. I do run into people that are very good at just estimating a number off the top of their head. And I'm not one of those. I think you'll be very successful if you're one of those guys that you can say, hey, that looks like about 24,000. <laughs> I got to, I got to figure it all out line by line and look at a number. That's uh, but probably most of my screw ups have been is not charging enough. Mm-hmm. Just, I've just left money on the table. And um, if you're a stair builder and you love your art, you're probably guilty. <laughs> <Yes>. I know <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, the other, the other uh, thing I like to share with a lot of people is that, you know, that you've got this, once you know a stair builder, then you have the stair builders curse. And that is in all the movies and television, you start seeing all the stairs in the background <laughs> and people that know me will comment to me says, Ed, you know, I saw this show or I saw this movie and you and the stare in the background was awesome. <laughs> and they start noticing stairs more in their, in their lives because they know a stair builder. <clears throat> um, any, any other advice, comments, anything else you'd like to share with us today before we end? I've uh, had a, a, I've had a really great experience with the SMA. I, I, I think in the, the last few years, I, uh, I could not go to the conferences. <clears throat> it just didn't fit into my personal schedule. But I, I think it's, it's a huge benefit to our industry and uh, all the work that we've been doing and working on trying to promote, you know, the, the code of the, our industry and uh, the, just everything about it. I, I'm really happy to be participating with the, have, have participated in the SMA and looking forward to participating more with the SMA and, and what it can and do and, and how it, and watch it grow and uh, help promote it grow. I've, I've been re- very, very happy. I mean, the first meeting I went to, I walked in and the first person I talked to was Dave Cooper and I had a, a two-year-old in a stroller. This is, you know, 20 years ago and he came right up to me and welcomed me and, you know, it was a, a great, I've, I've just, it's been a great experience, uh, you know, with the SMA and I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to uh, work with you guys. Wonderful. Well, um, tremendously appreciate you taking your time out of your day to uh, hang out with us and uh, share your wisdom and uh, your experiences with us. Um, very, very much appreciated. Thank you. My pleasure, Dylan. I'm, I'm glad that we could uh, make this connection and uh, you could pull me off. And I'm, I've uh, still uh, don't think I deserve to be on this list of names of stair legends. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, there's, you got some really great guys and great stair builders on this list. So I, I'm very, uh, very privileged to be thought as to be one of them. Thank you so much. Right.